You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante from the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast and very excited to have Holly from Wildness by Design, uh, artist from Coastal Oregon. Holly, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really a pleasure to be able to chat with you and and folks and listeners. I uh, encountered um, Holly on the on the coast of of Oregon and uh, was really just enchanted by her her art pieces. And just to give you everybody a little sense of the categories when you go onto her website that you can find, we got combat cats, oceanic commentary, passionate poultry, perfectly absurd posh predators pigs in a blanket and those are the categories that holly you have for us i'm thrilled and intrigued right right off the bat um (laughs) one thing holly though i wanted to know a little bit of your background and like when you were born were you were you an artist when you were born uh did is 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 that where where you came from well so (laughs) That is quite a loaded question, and you know what? It um, requires quite a bit of introspection, which is actually not something I'm very well known for. <laughs> um, so was I, was I born an artist? Um, in truth, I do not think that I was. Now, I was born with a creative aptitude. Um, when I was young, I not only did I do art, but I was also an avid builder, uh, which still follows through today. I do a lot of construction as well. But I happened, I think, to be one of the lucky children in the world whose parents were very, very supportive and wanted us to explore as much as possible all of our skill sets. So art was one of the big ones that my mom and dad nurtured. So I, I think I was pretty lucky, you know, I didn't get the whole pass off. You know, my parents saved a lot of my artwork, much to my chagrin. Uh, <laughs> looking back through <laughs> some of the stuff you did when you were six, yikes. I mean, yikes. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know necessarily I was born an artist, but I know that I was born with the innate desire to create and it it came out in quite a few different avenues art just being one yeah i love that in 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 holly um i mentioned early on uh yeah i met you over at the coast and you had had your art there and i i adore the coast and i i, I always find it anytime that i'm there and i i try to go there as much as possible to be a kind of a magical place and very connected in my head to 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 art what does for you and and do you share some of those identifications with you know with the coast in being an artist by the coast is that part of how you think well i can certainly say that it has shaped my entire life um you see we, my whole family moved here when I was three and a half years old. I'm 30 now. So I've been on the coast. Oh, geez. I'm real bad at math on the spot. Like tw- over 26 years. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yes, it has shaped um, me as an artist, but also just me as, as a person. Um, there is a reason why I chose the the name for my business, Wildness by Design. I 
I was quite fortunate to live such a secluded life. I mean, my, my parents had 13 acres here. They still have it, 13 acres here on the coast, and it butts up to hundreds of acres of national forest. So, you know, and to say that our <laughs> that our population is pretty small is, is very accurate. You know, you have to drive very, very far to get to the nearest Home Depot, I think, is almost two hours away. So, yes, the that calm, that peace, that beautiful silence that's that's been a huge part of being able to create art especially for me anyways yeah and i uh i i i really think uh, like i said for when when i chat about the coast and chat with artists about it um I just like the fantastical and uh, I, of course that's heavily present in, in the work that you do, which kind of has this kind of uh, shape shifting of, uh, you know, um, animals within what we'd say, you know, human roles in kind of these odd juxtapositions. Um, I read on your website that you kind of moved towards a, a revelation uh, of like what you wanted to do or what really excited you, that kind of weird connection, uh, <laughs> you know? So, yes. so what, what happened, what happened there? I love, I love that story, but can you talk a little bit more about what, how that kind of changed how you approached art and what you wanted to do with it? Yes. Yes. Um, well, well, I'll go a little more in depth even than, than what I, yeah, what I wrote about, which was basically the origin story of the, what you had mentioned, perfectly absurd, oceanic commentary, that whole series of art. That's not something that I've been doing my whole life, that series. This has been the last uh, seven years of my life, but it all, it all started with with an exhibition that I kind of was begrudgingly talked into by my younger sister. She had owned an art gallery um, in Seal Rock, which is not too far from our hometown, Waldport. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, Seal Rock. Yeah, lovely. yeah. And she she really, really wanted to put on an ocean-themed exhibition. And truly and honestly, I had never done any nautical art before this exhibition. It was something I found too repetitive, monotonous, and it's been done a thousand times, especially on the coast. <laughs> um, but I did. I agreed. I agreed to help her out. Um, at the time, I was designing rock uh, albums. I was in competition, so my stuff was very out there and Salvador Dali-ish. <laughs> Certainly not what I'm doing now, but. Um, well, in any case, I agreed, um, thinking I could come up with something simple and sufficient, if you will. Oh boy, was I wrong. Uh, the nautical theme was my kryptonite, as it turned out. I couldn't think of anything. Three weeks before her exhibition was supposed to be aired to the public, I still had nothing but five sheets of blank paper um, which is distressing scary. for anybody. <laughs> Just scary and distressing. Yes. <laughs> oh, it was. It was actually yes. It was. It was pretty terrible. Um, so I was sitting in my studio, and that night my husband came home, and he brought me my my absolute favorite bottle of Scotch Lafroy. It's a very very intensely uh, flavored Scotch. You either love it or hate it, which <laughs> is often the theme in my life. But uh, in any case, he brought it home and he, he'd seen how stressed I had been about not having anything there and uh, promising that there should be, you know, there would be something there. So I cracked open the bottle. I put on um, one of my favorite films, which is Casablanca. Um, 
I was very fortunate as a kid. My dad made us watch a lot of those old movies, including Three Stooges, Casablanca, things like that. But um, in any case, I put that on because I just felt like I needed a different perspective. And um, so I, and I put that on in my studio. I have a TV in my studio because I love to watch movies when I'm creating. Um, <laughs> so I'm having a drink and I'm watching Casablanca and right next to my, my, uh, my television, my sea creature reference book is open and there's, it's, it's on a puffer fish and I'm watching the movie and I'm looking at the puffer fish. I go back to the movie, back to the puffer fish. And suddenly it was, it was just kind of a eureka moment, if you will. I wanted to bring yeah. together the, the style, the class, the time era, the history with the sea creatures. So that was actually, yeah, Puffing Fish was my very first one of the series. And I did it that night. I just slammed the whole thing out. Uh, it was definitely an all-nighter, but uh, <laughs> it I love that. I remember, I remember having a, a Puffer Fish. It's so distinct. And uh, <laughs> well, to be honest, now. they yeah. are such a difficult subject matter to do in black and white um it's it's hard to get all the detail <laughs> but uh yeah so I, it nearly broke me but it was such a challenge that well frankly after those the first five i just simply never stopped so flash forward here we are seven years later and it's a full it's a full series and it branched out into other things i became delighted with the expressions of cats and dog, other creatures. I mean, obviously animals have such a wide range for emotional expression. And yeah, it was, um, it was quite the, um, <laughs> it, was, it was quite the revelation for me because I had always said I would never, ever, ever do nautical art. <laughs> well, and I like that you are on the, you know, being on the, uh, the, the, the wavelength, the eccentric animal wavelength, uh, I ended up where I could notice that and ended up where I'm chatting with you. So I'm, I appreciate you moving, <laughs> you moving in that direction. When I saw your artwork, I'm not sure if you've heard of the, uh, uh, German artist, Michael Soa, um, from a little while back, but it was animals kind of in human situations of like jumping off, like uh, jumping into swimming pools and pigs that looked like they were cars turning a corner, that kind of wildness. Um, that <laughs> that it, sounds it, it lovely. I bet you, I bet you I would recognize it if I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I really love that. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, I heard you mention um, if you wanted to, to, mention a little bit more the um rock posters so what was that what was that like uh for you were you doing that for uh for groups and you know what was that kind of uh adventure and art for you like oh gotcha well um to be honest my earlier artwork uh pre-teen tween all the way up until like 17 was very 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 Mm, what's the word dark maybe gothic so that was what I was doing before all of this the you know oceanic commentary came about and I had all it had always been on my bucket list to design a like a, a, a cover for a rock artist as I am a hardcore rocker myself so yeah right. um 
So, so what I was doing at the time was there's these, there's quite a few wonderful sites and I'm blanking on the names right now. Um, but you can, so, so big time bands and artists, musicians, they'll, they will put out a call for artists. They, like Sublime, for instance, that was one of the um, competitions I entered into. So they offer a cash prize, but, um, you know, and then first place gets this amount, second place gets this, third gets that. But the big thing was that they would feature, they would use your art for their cover. And so that's at the time what I was really focusing my creative energy on. And um, sure. it's certainly different from what I'm doing now. And I feel like what I'm doing now is more true to my whole person, not just one side. I was a diehard punk in, in high school, the change, the spikes, everything. So, but that's just one yeah. facet of who I am. And the series I'm doing now is all of me, especially the comedy. That was the part that was missing with the yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Well, I find, I find that that can be a, you know, in, in talking to artists that it can be a real, a real uh, difficult process because you tend to be multivaried and humans tend to be multivaried and present different parts. And uh, it's nice to be recognized when you do things in a certain category, but you know, artists change like everybody else and change maybe in most of the time more rapidly in a certain sense. So, you know, it's just allowing for, for you and artists in general to be the different manifestations of yourselves rather than, just this. And I, I think that's a, that's a strong tension for artists when I've talked to them. Do you find that to be, to be the case and mentioning that doing different jags I mean, in your career? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I would agree with that 100%. But the other thing about it is, um, it's easy to get stuck. I think for, I mean, that's why they say writer's block, you know, artist depression, all, all there's a lot of terms for it, you know, when you become stuck and, uh, there's a lovely quote. I can't remember who who it's from, but without without change and growth, there is stagnation, and that is what happened to me before I came across. Well, before really, I agreed to something I didn't really want to do, but it it opened up a whole nother world for me within my own world. So yeah, I mean, stagnation is an easy easy place to get stuck when you are creative i would say <laughs> yeah yeah what um so i wanted to uh i wanted to dig dig in on uh the conceptual and uh, obviously we talk a lot about art and uh you know we've used that term in this conversation but um i'm always fascinated by what uh creative uh, folks and artists like yourself what you believe art is so the question is uh what is what is art? Oh boy. That is a question that I honestly struggle with quite a bit. Now I can, of course there's the dictionary definition of art and there's, uh, the, the current social definition of art. Um, I suppose what I want to ask you is do you, what exactly in what sphere do you mean that question? Do you mean what is art to me personally? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I always like to ask it is, is, is what is, what is art? And I think it allows for two things to be said, at least when I've heard it. One, one would be, 
you can engage into an, you know, kind of like an objective um, discussion about, you know, uh, an artwork should have this criteria and this criteria and be this okay. way and try to create that kind of um, that that logical argument. But I think with art to answer, you know, the context uh, of what you're asking, I think it is that personal component that and when you when you see something uh, and you're like, oh, look at that art piece and you know it in your heart and you know it to be true, end up asking the question is, what is art, you know, for you? When you see something, you're like, oh, that art piece is the most beautiful thing I've seen. What okay. is it that makes that? So, yeah. Gotcha. So we're going with the combination of both, which is honestly, I'm sure how it is for most people anyways. Um, I will say this. I, I am probably... I haven't met too many artists that are so black and white. Ha ha ha. Not only just because I do black and white, but um, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of gray area with my definitions of things. Um, I tend to be a little more on the critical side of examining art. I think for me personally, it does drive me a bit nuts. There's a difference between being creative and being an artist, at least for me. Being creative can, as I've seen in some museums, they stick a red thumbtack on the wall and suddenly that is a piece of art because it represents the struggle of women in Uganda or something. I don't think that that is art. There's no skill involved. There's a concept that is lovely that could be expanded on, but I don't find that to be art. For me, Art needs to have an element of expertise. It needs to have some form of a technical skill that also complements the concept. What that is, is totally different and unique to each person. Um, I've seen some abstract art that the person standing next to me is like almost in tears and I don't understand it. But that's not for me to understand. What I do see, though, is wonderfully applied skill, uh, use of color, even the shape shapes that they use. But I've also seen the opposite, where someone just threw paint on a canvas and it just looks to, I mean, it just doesn't look like it was well thought out at all. Um, so for me, the technical skill has to also expand on whatever the concept may be. And it can be very simple. I mean, mine are arguably, in my opinion, quite simple. I I do a lot of comedy. I, I feel that comedy is definitely the focal point of my stuff. So, I mean, simplicity is fine. There just needs to be some skill, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I like the 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 piece you were talking about the comedy, and I'd see it when I was looking at your work. I would see it in the terms of comedy. I would also see it as the trickster, right? Like there's yes, there's this yeah. quick there's this quick trip trick you played on folks, and it take some couple seconds to catch up and be like, Oh, so it's that trickster element, the, um, the, uh, the jokes in the comedy. I, I, I love that because, um, it's a particular way of, you know, just, just grabbing attention. I wanted to ask a, a follow-up question, Holly, uh, sure, just, sure. just, just, your, just your basic thoughts, um, on, on the role of art, uh, given you, as this, as you described it, um, uh, what do you what yes. do you think the the question is like where where uh, humans are really connected really lose their minds over art like i've done 150 plus podcasts about like these questions about 
about art, but what is what is the role of it? What what is the role of art uh, for us humans? Like, what is it doing for us that's so special? Well, that that is a really good question, and it is also attached to me in any case uh, to your previous one. What what is art? So that technical end of things, and then a concept. Well, that's important. But in your concept for art, there's also a very true, there's a vein of truth specific to the artist, almost like a snapshot, not just of that person, but also of the time. I mean, there is quite a reason we have classes titled art history. It's not just about the technical skill and the concepts. It's also to me anyways, a mirror or a reflection of, of a time in history. And then underneath that, more specifically, a reflection of the person creating. Sometimes you can see it, sometimes you can't. It's more subtle and obviously art speaks to everybody differently. Uh, some people, you know, when I look at certain pieces of art, I can't quite really see the truth of that artist. But for some, I almost, that's all I see. So what is the role of art? Well, not only it's, it's really multi-layered, at, at least for me, uh, not only is it a glimpse into a perfect stranger that you might not ever meet. Sometimes you never meet the artist. Um, so there's that. And then it is also, to me, a reflection of that particular time in history, which is very special to me. I History is... While it's certainly not all good and it's not all bad, it is a very important part of the future. So to me, the role of art is its almost like a, a mirror. You get to hold that up and, and take a very good hard look, not just at yourself, but even the person who's making it. And that's special, I think. Yeah, and I like the challenge, the, the challenge that can be you know, that can be within that, within, yes, within the yes. art. I heard you, I heard you say one piece I liked about what you said, which is, you know, there's components of an emotional response uh, to an art, but you mentioned the word uh, truth, that you find some truth within it there. And I think that's, uh, it's always fun to kind of think about that. It's, it's that immediacy or truth in what, what's being displayed that causes that reaction. I, um, I wanted to know, um, Another question. Uh, I got two more big ones for you, Holly. So uh, I just wanted to give you. I want to give you a little bit of context. That's only. That's only. That's only fair with some of these. But um, the uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, as far as as far as the influence and this influence question, who or what made you who you are? Like in your in in your life. I mean, is there certain certain people, a certain place, certain things? an album, a song that, that oh, really boy. make you who you are. Oh goodness. Oh, this is the most internal observation I've had to do. <laughs> um, okay. I would say, um, well, okay. So you, you actually got to see my art in person. Well, at least the prints. Um, but the black and white is done in charcoal, which is, I'm sure as you know, or maybe you don't, charcoal is the I love oldest. Charcoal. Yeah. Me too. It is phenomenal. But it is also the oldest form, or rather I should say, the oldest tool 
that humankind has had to communicate. Cave paintings, okay. all of those are done in charcoal. The very first ability to write and hire anything, it, I mean, other than carving into stone, charcoal is the very first tool that humans had to communicate and to express themselves. So charcoal, not only is it wonderful medium to work in, but it's also a very ancient one. Um, my, my love of charcoal started when I turned 14. I took a basic figure drawing class in high school. It was an elective. But my teacher, Mr. Wiesner, who was quite the character, big handlebar mustache, tiny little round, like very round glasses and extreme, like a ponytail that went all the way down past his back. He was kind, he's kind of an enigma to me, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, he had extremely high expectations for all of his students. No matter who you were, what your skill level was, you were going to be held at the same standard. And, and Mr. Wiesner was a very old school uh, art teacher. We were not allowed to use a pencil we used instead sticks of charcoal. So we sat there in that class. We weren't allowed to talk. We weren't allowed. We, we were only allowed to replicate the images that he gave us. And, and that's what we spent a whole hour doing. Granted, it was difficult for, for, for most high schoolers. Although I will say, if you misbehaved, you got a dry chalkboard eraser beamed at you across the class. So, okay. <laughs> so yeah, there's that too. Yep. Everyone caught on real quick. Um, but, uh, it was the first time I spent so much time with this particular medium. And uh, he, he really made you rise to the occasion. Didn't matter what we were sketching. You, you really wanted to at least have him not say, nope, that's terrible. Do it again. You, you, you wanted just him to just walk by and, and say nothing because that was the best compliment you could get from him. So that was, he was a huge part of my charcoal uh, fascination. Interesting character. Still around to this day. I ran into him not too long ago. <laughs> oh my. But, um, but yeah, so that, so Mr. Wiesner, huge, huge part of my life. Um, as far as the art goes, as far as everything else, definitely my younger sister. Uh, she, she's the one who pushes me outside of my safe, comfortable, creative boundaries. Uh, after all, she is the one that kind of pushed me into the whole, you know, nautical theme, but that turned into something amazing. Um, and since, ever since we were young, she's, she's always really done that for me. So we're kind of opposites actually. So, so definitely my sister. I love that. I love that. And two, I think with the, the turn that you talked about with being pushed into the area, that was, you know, deeply frustrating for you that led to something else. It's just that odd combination that you don't know where it's going to lead to, you know, and sometimes being around the right people, including your sister, you know, get yes. you, get you in that spot. And even though it doesn't seem so, uh, initially, I think that's, that's really special, uh, big question. And then I want you to do some, uh, self-promotion, uh, Holly. So the big question, <laughs> the big question is the, the, the title of the show of, of course. And it's another, I mean, you, you're talking about, you have to handle a lot of 
introspection and conceptual questions. But the oh uh, boy, here it the, comes. The, the title of the show is yeah. I mean, it's is why is there something rather than nothing? And I, I accept all answers, pleasing, profound, whatever, uh, amusing. But that's the question: Why is there something rather than nothing, Holly? Well, you might not like my answer because it is a little bit simple. But I would say that there is something rather than nothing because nothing cannot exist without the complete total opposite, something. I feel that we are fortunate, all of us critters here, all of us living critters anyways, um, to be a part of and existing in the something because I'm quite certain that beyond that beautiful blue sky... I don't know if there is anything else. I mean, we know that there's the planets, the universe, but that that blackness that we see up there, maybe even the black holes, there there is a nothing somewhere. <laughs> I just I, I I just for one feel grateful that I'm existing in the something. And yeah. you know what, Ken? Maybe maybe that's why so many of us create. Now, obviously, not all of us are are in the creative industry, you know, art or, or music or poetry, but, you know, even having children you're creating, it, it must be because without doubt, deep down, we all know that somewhere there is potentially nothing. And we're quite fortunate to live in the something. I, I really, I really, uh, I really love your answer there, Holly. And, uh, um, uh, I, I think in the expression of like the living or the ability to live in something or to be around something or to do something or to create something, I think that's just, that's a wonderful mystery and it's, it's pretty darn cool. So I appreciate you. Okay. Holly, uh, tell us, uh, tell the listeners, tell the listeners now that you handled the big, the biggest question of them all, tell the listeners, uh, where to find your art, either in, you know, uh, in 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 person or or regionally or online or wh- where all your spots are. So lead us to your art, Holly. Ah, allow me to light the way. Uh, <laughs> so um, I this is just so everybody knows. This is my very uh, well. It's my second year of going public with all of my artwork uh, before I before it's just been sitting inside of my garage doing nothing. So, (laughs) so on that note, I would direct as many people to the website as possible. It's just the, you know, the www.wildnessbydesign.com. I am very active on the website because I am not very active or good at the social media. Um, I have somebody helping me with that, thankfully, because as you know, as I've mentioned before, I am completely technology illiterate. Uh, (laughs) So definitely the website. And then of course, in person, Walport's my home. Um, I do, I will be doing the farmer's market probably from here on out. That's in, in Walport every Wednesday uh, during the summer months. And uh, I'm also popping up in local events uh, surrounding areas. Toledo, I do the Art Oyster and Beer Festival. Uh, looking into the Seafood and Wine Festival, which is a hugely popular event here on the coast. Uh, I mean, wine, food, art does not get better than that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice to hear about you in, in, in that beautiful area, uh, on the Oregon coast and, uh, you know, just to hear about, um, you know, like just, just the way you come about, uh, your art and, um, the different things you've worked on. Um, I've really, uh, enjoyed getting the, uh, chat with you, Holly and, and everybody make sure you check out, um, that web website wildness by design uh a lot of uh, a lot of just really fun things that'll make you smile and you know so just some great image and great artwork so check holly out and uh holly um just wanted to thank you so much for you know jumping on to the to the podcast and uh just wanted to thank you for the things you create and hope we uh hope i get to run into you soon and chat some more about art well, sounds wonderful. And thank you for having me. I was really excited about this. You ask phenomenally good questions, questions that I admittedly even just, yeah, well, anyways, there's, they're, they're loaded questions. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> no, and it's fun. It's fun. I'm glad that you're, that, that you say that too. I think a lot of times, you know, being asked larger, interesting questions um, is a good kind of a good exercise away from some of the mundane. So, with that and with that in mind, that's my that's where I'm placing my bet. So, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Holly, and uh, uh, hope to chat again soon. Indeed, thank you. <laughs> this is something rather than nothing. 